Thank you, Jesus. We pray in the spirit and we pray in the understanding. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We pray in the spirit and then we pray with the understanding. In other words, we get the understanding. We hear the understanding. We comprehend the understanding of the things that we pray about. <clears throat> everything, <clears throat> everything in this life hinges on whether we learn how to hear correctly or not. Everything in life hinges on the fact that I'm hearing from God, that I'm hearing His voice. Everything hinges on hearing. I, I mean, you, 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 you're just, you know, the, the more I study the Word, the more I am amazed at how hearing is everywhere through the Scripture. Hearing. <clears throat> and hearing the voice of the Spirit of God is, is, is the absolute key. And we've been talking for a while now about the spirit of truth and understanding the spirit of truth and knowing who the spirit of God really is. He is truth itself. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm using the wrong microphone. <clears throat> um, he, is, he is truth. He is truth himself. He is just absolute truth. And that's what we need. We need truth. You know, it's vital that you and I are truthful people. But for me to be honest and truthful, I have to have the truth. <laughs> to be honest and truthful with, right? And, and, you know, you say, well, yeah, that, that person's just dishonest. They're, li they're a liar. They lie all the time. Well, what they're lacking is the truth. You get the truth, and you know how to be truthful. That's right. And the Bible's real clear about it. There's no question about it. You know the truth, and the truth will make you free. <clears throat> there's nothing, there's nothing more important in our lives than us being convinced that we can hear the voice of God. And it's not in most cases with each one of us, it's not an audible voice. It's, it's a voice of understanding that comes from what I've read and studied, and then, it, and then it's revealed to me. But, but, it's a, but the Bible says it's a voice. He, the Bible says He speaks to us. So when I spend time in the Word, and as I've been saying to you lately... And in the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing with you on the, in this series, just been talking to you about how important that the church is. God is building his church, and the church is so important. But those involved in building the church that God is building, those involved in that have to believe that the most important thing in building the church is the word of God. You have to believe that because without that belief in the word of God being most important, that's why we're here is to teach the progression of the word. 
Because when you teach the progression of the word and people stay with it, then their ability to hear the voice of the Spirit, which is your conscience, and we've talked about that a lot, and we're going to continue this, this year, we will hear about it as we, as we focus on being perfect and complete, complete and perfect. In that passage of Scripture in James 1, it says you will lack nothing. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to stir you up and get you all excited about it. I'm trying to get you and I to believe this. God wants you and I perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And the ingredient that creates complete and perfect is perfect patience. Perfect patience. Perfect patience. What does that mean? That means... You and I got to get out of this rut of thinking we got to be in a hurry to accomplish things in life. One of the biggest lies of the enemy is you're behind and you need to catch up. You're behind. Well, you know, my, my, my clock is ticking and I'm behind and I haven't fulfilled those things that I wanted to fulfill and now I got to make it happen. And you're the worst person to be in the lead of your life to make anything happen you're you're the worst because the holy spirit is the best he's not the doer he's the helper that's why we got to hear it can you say amen so just looking at some of our foundational scriptures that we've read i got a few points in some of these and then i got a couple extras today or just a couple of, or one extra passage John 14 and 16, and I will pray the Father, Jesus said, and I will give you another helper. He's the first helper. Holy Spirit's the second helper. That he may abide with you forever. See, because Jesus left, but he left the Holy Spirit. And he, and he called the, the Holy Spirit the second helper, the other helper, another helper. So he was the helper for those in that day, but what he helped them with in that day was inside of him. His ability to hear the voice of the Father because he said over and over and over again, I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. That's it. And everything he did succeeded not because, not because he was the manifested Son of God becoming the Son of Man in the earth, not because of that, but because he learned how to hear the voice of the Father. He, he could not be our perfect example if he wasn't born, raised, and then had to be taught and developed and learn how to do what we're learning to do today. He learned all of that, and he said, I never, ever do anything except what Father says, so he had to hear. If he could hear, then we can hear. Because he's our perfect example to follow after. Can you say amen? That he may abide with you forever. And who is he? The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Why? Because he dwells in you and he will be with you. And now we say he was saying that to the disciples before he was in them. And now we can say he's in us. He's with us. Everybody say he's with me. Amen. So if he's with me and he's in me and he has a voice, and he says I can hear him, then I can hear him. 
Just get it settled in you. That's where we're going. We're going to the greatest place in our life that we've ever been of knowing and being confident that we can hear the voice of God. No question. Not be talked out of it. There's thousands of other voices that come to you trying to convince you of things that are true. But I'm telling you, this voice is the voice of truth. And that's all I want. That's all I want. I don't want anything else but truth. Absolute truth. Um, before I read the rest of that verse, <clears throat> I want to read this verse. But I've got to find it. Give me a second. found in Hebrews 13 and verse 18. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. He said, keep praying for us. And we've been challenged. If I've been challenging to keep praying, yeah. keep praying. Keep praying for one another. Keep speaking and praying and declaring, especially using Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1 as an example in how to pray for people. Something amazing is happening in the earth because of those prayers being prayed. I mean, something supernatural is happening in the earth because of those prayers. And he said, keep praying for us, for we are convinced that we have a good and a clear conscience. That we want to walk uprightly. This is Hebrews 13 and 18 in the Amplified. That we want to walk uprightly and live a noble life acting honorably and in complete honesty in all things. God, what a verse of scripture. You need to meditate on that a hundred times over. I mean, you just need to, you need to print it out and put it up and just look at it. I mean, put it all the way around you and just look at that verse of scripture. That's Hebrews 13, 18 in the Amplified. So I'm saying it like this. I'm, I'm declaring this. I'm looking at this and saying this. Lord, I'm, I am continuing to pray and I am convinced, Father, that I have a clear conscience, that I can have a clear conscience, that my conscience is clear, that I'm walking uprightly, I'm living a noble life, I'm acting honorably, and I'm, I'm, I'm living a complete and an honest and a truthful life because the truth dwells inside of me. Amen. Me. I don't have to be a liar. I don't have to be dishonest. I don't have to hide things. We live in a society where people hide stuff all the time. Hide this, hide that, keep this, keep that, shut this up. What, what are people going to think of me? Who cares what they think? I mean, we got to get to the place where it really doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not waking up in the morning to offend somebody, you know, just looking for somebody to make them mad. But I can't be concerned about what other people think. And I really don't care. I'm telling you. I don't care. Not in a bad attitude. I just don't care. I'm going to live honorably. I'm going to do the truth. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to do the things that truth tells me to do and what truth is speaking to me to do. And, and as a result, my conscience is clear so that, why do we need a clear conscience? So we can hear the voice of God. And the scriptures I'm reading to you tonight are telling us 
that we can have a clear conscience and we can hear the voice of God the way Jesus heard the voice of God and everything Jesus did was successful and prospered and went forward. Every single thing. Now, that was just extra. Back to, uh, back to John 14. No, now look at John 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Everybody say, he has come. I mean, he has literally come, and he lives in me. And he lives in you. If you're born again, he lives in you. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. I'm going to read that. I'm going to start from the beginning. However, when he, he, not an it, but a he, he, the Holy Spirit, he, the Spirit of truth, when he has come, and he has come, he will guide you into all truth. He is guiding me daily into all truth. So that I have that heart of Hebrews 13, 18. That honest, true heart that is doing the will of God on a daily basis because I have the Holy Spirit and he's already come. And what is he doing? He is guiding me into all truth for he, because, and how does he guide me into all truth? Just, just tells, me things off, tells me certain things off the top of his head. Only what he hears from the Father is what he delivers from me. And how do we know the will of the Father? From the Word of God. We know the will of the Father from the, from the Word of God. So, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and He's revealing all truth to me, then He's going to tell me the truth about every single thing in my life if I learn how to hear Him. Earlier we were praying in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the spirit, maybe you think it's weird, maybe you think it's nutso or whatever. And, you know, I used to think some people were really nuts that prayed in the spirit. But praying in the spirit is in the Bible. And if praying in the spirit's in the Bible, then we, then we have to understand what it is and how valuable that it is. Because he said, if you'll pray in the spirit, then you'll pray in the understanding. We're praying in Ephesians 1 for people to have the understanding and then when they tap into how valuable that the person of the Holy Spirit is and the voice of the Spirit and the importance of having that clear conscience, that clean conscience, so that they can hear his voice, then when they hear his voice, truth is revealed and you can do anything when you know you have the truth. Because he said, and you will know the truth and the truth you know is what will liberate you and set you free from anything anything who the sun sets free is free indeed and i'm saying today i'm free how about you amen we are free today in romans chapter 8 <clears throat> in romans chapter 8 and verse 14 it says for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons and the daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption 
by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. How do we know these things? The next part of that verse says so. For the Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself, Spirit of God Himself, the third part of the triune being of God, the Spirit Himself bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. The Holy Spirit tells my human spirit, my human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one the day that I got born again. My spirit and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit tells my spirit the truth about everything and that's what has to be developed on a day-to-day basis. Those kinds of things day-to-day have to be developed. That's why you have to understand what it means to become a doer of the Word. You have to do the Word. You can't just make an acknowledgement that the Word is true about a certain thing. If, you, if you're acknowledging that the greater one lives in you, yeah, yeah, I know that the greater one lives in me, but I'm afraid. Okay? Then you've got to work through that. I'm not saying, hey, listen, fear's out there everywhere. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I tried that, and I, I just, you know, I, I just, it just didn't work. So why not keep trying? I mean, what are you going to go do, right? I mean, how many know that, that ugly comes to those who are doing the word and those who are not doing the word, right? Difficulties come to those who are doing the word and not doing the word, right? So why would we want to face difficulties not doing the word? So when we've seen it not work out at certain times in certain ways, why would we want to quit? Why don't we just stay with it? Because the Bible says, if you don't quit, you'll reap. That's right. And I, I, I can tell you today, there were people that my wife, that Becky and I started out with as friends and people that we were growing up, we were having kids together, and, and, and a lot of those people today, they're divorced, they're not married, they're, a lot of them not even serving God today. And why? Because God had greater favor on our life than theirs? Absolutely not. No, every person's been dealt the same measure of faith. Every person, God's favor and blessing is on. It's just what you choose to do with it. And I, and I can tell you this, that in, in our life, in walking out certain things in our lives i'll just say my wife has done a really pretty job of walking things out i've done a real ugly job of walking things out but but the difference in some of my friends and me today is one thing i didn't quit i just stayed with it i didn't say it was it was pretty. Didn't say I, I did everything right. I didn't say I just didn't quit. And today, after all these years of walking with God, I'm so glad that I didn't quit. But not just for me, but I can tell other people that it really works if you don't quit. Can you say amen to that? If you don't quit, you'll reap. And as Paul said in Acts 24 and 16, This is the way, this is what I declare over myself every day. This being so, I myself always strive, I always strive to have a conscience without offense 
toward God and man? How often does he strive? He did it for a while and then just kind of gave up on it. Or he did it for a while and then it's, now it's an automatic pilot. No, he always strives. He'll never quit. He never quits striving to see his conscience clear of offenses toward God and man. And I tell you what, the opportunities to be offended are like over the top. They're everywhere. Many, many, many daily opportunities for you and I to be offended with man, but also offended with God, blaming God for things that are not God's fault. God said in his word in, in many different ways, but, but one passage in Hosea, uh, I think it's Hosea, that says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of the truth that they appear to know and understand. They're destroyed because of that. That's why we need the truth. That's why the church has gotta, got to be in this hour. I'm talking about the church worldwide has got to be about making sure that people don't just have a knowledge of the truth, but they have the truth working in them and convincing them that if you don't quit, you will reap. And I'm going to give you something tonight that goes with our kind of theme scripture and i want to read that first and then i will end tonight in luke chapter 8 but in james 1 and verse 2 it says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials or find yourself in difficult times or trials he said count it all joy when you're there didn't say if you get there he said when you are but he didn't say count the trials joy Because you read a little bit farther, and it says God doesn't tempt people with trials and tests. That's not God. Trials and tests are in life. And he said, "When when you find yourself in difficult times, learn how to count it all joy, and he tells us how. And he said, count it joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. Perfect work. Patience having its perfect work, that you be perfect and complete, mature and developed, lacking in nothing. Being patient doesn't mean to just sit and do nothing. Patience is an active force that has to, be, has to be there and be, be, be operating as you are developing your ability to hear God. You have to be patient. Because your mind screams trying to tell yourself that, well, you know, this isn't working, it's not worked, this hasn't happened, that hasn't happened. You know, haven't seen certain things work out. And so impatience causes you to go ahead of God or stray away from God, pull away from Him when what He wants you to do when you encounter various trials, begin to acknowledge how great He is through His Word in what you're facing. That's when you learn to develop inside of you how real God is and how real His Word is and that His Word works every single time. All you got to do is read every story about Jesus doing what the Father said 
and how every one of them turned out right. right. Every one of them. It's no different with us. He was our perfect example. He paved the way for you and I. So tonight I want to read this story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it. Just have a few minutes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it tonight, but we're going to come back to it. And uh, it's the passage about the parable of the sower, but it's Luke's account of the parable of the sower. And in Luke chapter 8, and I want to read the first part of it, in, starting in verse 4. And then as I get to verse 11, I'm going to shift gears into the Amplified Translation. And he said, and when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on, on rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprung up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? What, what do you mean by this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And he said, now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now, what I think that Jesus was saying there to them about them understanding and others not understanding, I've, I've, I've heard, I heard an individual one time tell me that only the 12 disciples had the ability to understand these things because of what Jesus said right here. Only the 12. Well, the first mistake with that is there wasn't just 12 standing around when he said that. There was a minimum of 70. And the other deal with that is that we see in earlier passages in Scripture that Jesus gave them kind of a down payment of being filled with the Spirit. He gave them kind of an earnest, you know, first fruits of what it would be like and they began to operate in that and they laid hands on some sick people and they got well. They saw some miracles and things happen. So there, there was something working. I, I, I'm not saying that I totally understand that. But as I was reading that one time, I feel like the Holy Spirit said to me, what he's saying is, to them right then, you have the ability to understand this better than these do. But in essence, there's coming a day when we'll all understand it. See, God didn't just separate the twelve and give them some special little thing, they're no different than you and I. I mean, 
you know, how beautiful are the feet of those that have preached the word. Thank God for the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that we are able to glean and receive things from God about. Thank God for the Apostle Peter. Thank God for James and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, different ones in the, that, that pinned certain things that we've been able to call what the Bible is today. How beautiful are their feet, but they're no different than you and I. There's one Savior, and that's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody else, everybody else is submitted to him. He's the mark, nobody else. You understand? And what he was saying was, you, you, you have, I've given you an advantage in this time period because you're going to help teach and train people to do the things that I need them to understand. And so in this time period, they're not understanding it, but you will. And he said, here's the deal. This is it. And I, and I want to read this in the Amplified, starting in verse 11. He said, now the meaning of this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the traveled road are the people who have heard. Then the devil comes and carries away the message out of their hearts that they may not believe, acknowledge me as their savior, and devote themselves to me. Do you know how many people across this nation and across this planet have heard something about salvation? And the moment that they heard that, the moment. Mark's translation says immediately. The Amplified in Mark 4 says immediately, if not sooner. The devil came to steal that so that they wouldn't get born again. Now, what we're talking about right here is not soil, but the condition of a person's heart. And we're not talking about the blood-pumping heart. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. What he's talking about is the spirit of man. What he's talking about is the conscience the condition of that conscience. And the Holy Spirit that is one with my spirit, there, there's nothing between the two of us, but if we don't develop our ability to hear and clear our conscience uh, of every distraction, every voice trying to tell us things that are opposite and tr not true, if we don't clear ourselves of that, then our conscience is contaminated in the fact that the Holy Spirit will not make your body do anything. The job of the Holy Spirit is to convey to you, we read in John 14 and 16, the job of the Holy Spirit is to, to convey to your spirit man what the truth is about everything that you face. If you don't know how to hear that, then you give more value to what your head tells you than what your heart says, what your spirit man says, what your conscience says. That's what has to be developed. Okay. 
some of you, maybe all of you, maybe all of us in here at one time or another, before we were saved, we heard something about the truth, about the word, and the enemy came and stole it. That's one condition. Okay? The second condition. <clears throat> and those upon the rock are the people who when they hear the word receive and welcome it with joy but these have no root they believe for a while in other words they got born again they're believing for a while and in time of trial and temptation what did he say in James 1 to, to, to do Count it all joy when you encounter various trials. If you're this condition in your heart right here, you're not going to count it joy. All you're moved by is what you're going through. Okay? Uh, I mean, I, I, my hand's up because there have been a lot of times when I was moved by the things I was going through. I'm just telling you tonight. There were times in my life when I was moved. I mean, I was moved way too much by the things that I was going through. Yeah. What, what, what did that do? It identified a certain condition or, or the, the soil of my heart, the condition of where my heart was at. That's what it was revealing to me. Okay? So when it's revealed to you, the Holy Spirit is there to tell you how to get rid of that. See, we don't have to stay with that. We don't need to read these passages of Scripture and talk about, well, you know, I guess I'm mad. I'll, I'll just never get it. No, no. We don't have to stay there another day. Why? Because we got the helper that knows everything about everything, about every situation. And if we learn how to hear from him, man, there's not anything we can't do. And there's not anything that you can't come through. When you find yourself in those trials, difficulties, test that's where father i don't understand this i'd like to cry but i'm going to tell you right now i just thank you that you're bigger than this i mean who cares what your emotion is we're not going to be led by our emotions you may be crying thanking god that his word is true whatever okay the more you do that and the more you purpose to do that by faith in god you'll see yourself come out of the crying and into the rejoicing you'll never just get out of the crying you got to develop and you got to work your way out of that place to where when you're crying you're crying over how great god is you understand what i'm saying but god's not shocked by our emotions and don't lie about the emotional condition that you might be in today in a situation that you're having struggles with What is the key to that right heart in, in, in Hebrews 13, 18? Honesty. Being truthful. And I tell you what, there's no greater place to be truthful than with yourself. And you have the helper of the Holy Spirit to empower you to be honest with yourself about what you're facing or what you're dealing with in life. <laughs> Look at the next one. <clears throat> well, well, I didn't finish that one. For they believe for a while... And in a time of trial and temptation, they fall away, withdraw, and stand aloof. Knew I shouldn't have done this stuff. Knew I shouldn't come to that stupid church. 
I knew I shouldn't have done. I knew I shouldn't have. I, sh I shouldn't have gone away. That, 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 they're deceiving people. They're trying to control people's minds. Guilty. Trying to control your mind with the Word of God. Any, anybody ever around here? Anybody can raise your hand and say you've ever been, you've ever been pressured to be controlled by anything other than the Word. Have we ever? Have we ever stood behind the pulpit and tried to get you to be a Republican or a Democrat? Have we ever tried to force you to give something or do something or give you some sad song and dance story to make you, you know, give financially or do things like that? Have we ever done anything other than trying to see you believe the Word of God? Because if it's any, I don't say we get a badge for that. That's what you're supposed to do leading the church. You don't get a badge for that. That's part of your service. That's part of the reasonable service. If you're going to build what God is building, you've got to do it His way. There's no manipulation in His personality. There's no begging in His personality. There's no nothing but truth. Can you say amen? And as, and as far as far as for what fell among the thorns, here's the next soil. These are the people who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked and suffocated with the anxieties and cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not ripen. It doesn't come to maturity and perfection. It doesn't come to completeness or perfection. Their fruit, the fruit of their life, doesn't come to a place of maturity and perfection. They don't come to that place. It's not developed. They've not allowed themselves to be developed. In other words, along the way, these distractions, that's why what I was saying to you earlier, I mean, the things that you confess over yourself daily have to be about what God says about you. I have a clear conscience. The scriptures I read, the one that I read in Acts 26 and Hebrews 13, those scriptures that I read right there, those, you, have to build, you have to build confessions out of that so that you are changing the way you see yourself. I have the ability to have a clear conscience. I can see clearly, I can hear clearly, I can know the voice of God. Notice in all of these conditions, I'm calling them conditions, they're called soils here, but the conditions of your heart, of your ability to hear. Because in every one of those different soils, if you want to call it that, they heard the word. Everybody heard the word. First soil, second soil heard, third soil heard, and I'm just, maybe you don't think that you've been all three of these soils at different times. I have. I have. I've been all of these three right here. Who wants to stay in any one of those conditions? I refuse. I have a clear conscience. I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm staying with what I'm hearing and I'm doing something with it and it is producing because God said it would. But as for 
That seed in the good soil. What is the seed? The word of God. But as for the seed in the good soil, these are the people who hearing the word hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart and steadily bring forth fruit. Steadily. Everybody say steadily. A perpetual fruit bearing. How? How? Steadily bringing forth fruit with 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 perfect patience. Let patience have its perfect work. Perfect patience. Perfect patience. Steadily bringing forth fruit with patience. And when you develop that perfect patience through the things that you walk out and you walk through day to day, when you develop that perfect patience, then it's what we're saying that 2020 and this decade is all about. That we are perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Lacking nothing. Let me just ask you this. If the word says you can be in that condition, in that place, can you be in that place? If he said you can, you can. And it's a choice every single day. What am I going to do with what I'm hearing and what I'm meditating on? Am I going to change that through my confession and then through my ability to hear the voice of the Spirit of God? If he said we could hear, then we can hear. And in the soil, he said, the last little part of that, he said, No one has ever lighted a lamp, covers it with a vessel, or puts it under a dining table or a couch. But he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in can see the light. When you're bearing fruit, you become that light that God created each one of us to be. We become that light. We're not hearing God just for ourselves. Actually, the more we hear God, we realize it's not for me. I, I'm, I mean, God's got me covered. He's got my back. He's got my front. He's met every need. He's healed my body. I mean, God has delivered us. He has set us on track. And when we see that, then we live our lives for other people. We become that light. When you're about yourself, man, it's hid under a bushel and... You know, I don't want anybody wanting something from me, and I don't want this, and I don't want there to be too much of this and that. No, no. When, when you're with God, I mean, it's day-to-day. It's a day-to-day journey with God. It's not, I've got it all figured out for the next 25 years. No, it's day-to-day. Yeah, you can set goals, and you can set things on, you know, short-term goals in your life and those kind of things, but what if the Holy Spirit comes along in your short-term goals and decides to redirect you through something? A lot of people are afraid of that. God's not, God doesn't tell you to do something, you know, one, one thing one day, and then three weeks later he changes his mind, and then two weeks later he changes his mind again because, you know, I'm thinking I'm hearing God. That's not God. That's not the nature of God. God is stable and he's strong. 
But there'll come a time that we have to learn to know the voice of God so that even in what we believe needs to happen, God can make a change in that. That's how, we, that's how clear that his voice has to become in our life to see this fruit-bearing life that, that God created you and I to live in. Perfect and complete, he created us to lack in nothing. That's what I'm saying, 2020 and, and this decade. 2020 is the year and the beginning of the decade of perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I like that wording right there perfect and complete lacking in nothing and i'll just tell you right now everybody sitting in here myself included except i'm standing everybody in here tonight has something that you're lacking in something that's not been completed something that is not totally matured and developed glory be to god so we got a lot of work to do we have a faithful god and we can't lose Amen? And he's given us the one that knows everything about everything concerning everything. And if he's got it all and knows everything about everything, then why would we want to tap into anything else other than him? I'm not saying you can't glean information and knowledge and things from other people. And, you know, you go to school and you learn certain things and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's between you and God. And you have to to develop that ability. And that's what the church is for. That's why we're here to talk about these kind of things and to challenge you. And, And my expectation tonight is that just from this word, you'll take something from it and and begin to apply it in your life in a way you've never had before, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you that your word is absolutely true. And it will not return void, but it accomplishes what has been set out to accomplish. I thank you, Father, that we have ears that hear, that we have eyes that see, and hearts that truly understand. We know it, we acknowledge it, we thank you for it, and we give you all the praise tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen and amen. Before before Lee comes, um, I just want to declare tonight that Jesus died for us in every way he died for us spiritually he died for us mentally he died for you emotionally he died for you physically he even died for you in a social way where your social life is concerned he died for you in every single way and tonight in all of those ways I'm believing what the verse of Scripture says in Ephesians 3 and verse 20. That to him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to what's working inside of you, in all of those ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, Spiritually, socially, I, don't, I mean, in every single way, I don't care what it is. He died for you, for you to be empowered to excel in every, every one of those areas. You don't have to be doing well in, you know, in three areas and suffering in ten others. He died for your whole, complete, and entire life. If you're saved, 
then you're healed, you're prosperous, you're delivered, you're set free in every way. Do not allow the enemy to convince you that you have to stay with anything. I'm telling you tonight, you can hear his voice, and as you do what he says, he leads us out because he is the spirit of truth, revealing all truth to us tonight in the name of Jesus. How many healed people are in the house tonight? Amen? You remember that? You keep declaring that over your body. Give no sickness, disease of any kind, any place in your body. And when you see other people, you encourage them and you tell people, you know what? We're the healed in Christ. You know, sometimes people get all weirded out and they, you, you don't want to tell the wrong people those kind of things that offend them and push them away. But encourage people that have been attacked in their bodies and things come against them. Jesus died for them. And, and, and that they can be well in their bodies as they accept it and receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen.